your impressions, positive, mm. negatives for us, uh, particularly Warzone 2. I, I don't know. I think it's going to be cool. I think it's going to be fun. I think a lot of like the stuff that people were kind of complaining about almost got fixed already or like talked about being fixed. I didn't have too many negatives other than the bots and the time to kill, but I don't want to be negative about it because I haven't played the game. You know, like yeah, I don't I mean, want to like, it. You played it a reasonable answer. <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into another Bot Lobby podcast episode. I'm Grandmaster Goge, as always, joined by the wonderful Katie Bedford and couldn't be more excited about our guest today. It, it's been a little while, Katie. It's been about, I think, 10 days since our last upload. People have been waiting. People have been watching. They've been talking. They've been asking questions about who the next guest would be. Uh, and today's is a banger. Yeah, this is uh, actually someone we've wanted to have on for a long time. Really, really excited to hear their opinions. They've got a, some of the most experience in, in the COD scene uh, of a lot of the people historically we've had on so far. So I'm really excited about it. But you know what, Coach? I would say I miss you. I talk to you almost every single day. So that's really <laughs> fit. But sure. I miss doing the podcast with you. So I'm excited that we get to to rock it now with our guest. Yeah, no, I, we, we had a chance to raise a ton of money for charity with Fall Guys mm -hmm. uh, yesterday, which was super sick. But well, like $65,000. Yeah, stupid amount of money. It was, it was awesome. But today, we're talking Warzone. We're talking Call of Duty in general, and we have an amazing guest. As usual, Katie, I, I like to intro our guests, but I, I think this one, it just makes sense for, for you to probably take the intro, considering he's respectfully about 20 feet away from you or so, maybe through a wall. <laughs> so how about you take the intro on this one? Yeah, he has a right over right over there, but uh, it's none other than Crowder, Atlanta Phase's head coach. Uh, this person, as I said before, is incredibly storied in the history of competitive Call of Duty professional play. Won a W champs with Denial, went on to be the first ever person to not only win champs as a professional player, but also win it as a coach alongside Atlanta Phase, which has been a... I would say dynasty adjacent team for the entirety of its life together under his guidance as head coach. So truly a storied career and brought over that energy to Warzone. Um, has competed in the initial opening of Warzone. It doesn't compete quite as much anymore, but is still one of those staple people. You're going to know who he is. Uh, of course, we were talking with him just before we got into this, and you're going to be playing with the legs of Tim the Tapman, Cloaksy, uh, plays with Teep all the time, and uh, really one of those staple faces. So very excited to bring on uh, Crowder. Yeah, let's bring him in right now. Crowder, my man, you're on the main stage. How's it going, <laughs> my friend? I feel like it's been a long time coming. It's going, it's going well, dude, you know, just playing Warzone gaming, streaming. I'm excited to be on the podcast. Uh, thank you guys for having me. Yeah, man, I, it is. Uh, we've been wanting to have you on for a long time. Of course, Katie talks about you all the time. I've been following your journey through all different types of things, but obviously even in the Warzone side uh, for a very long time. So we're excited to kind of get uh, one of our first perspectives, I think, kind of that covers end-to-end -end Call of Duty. Uh, you, you kind of just are Call of Duty at this point, it feels like. <laughs> so, so you got an opportunity to give us some some eyes and ears from, from all across the board. Uh, what we usually do on the podcast uh, after our mm -hmm. intro is, is we, we ask some rapid-fire open questions okay we're gonna hit you with a couple questions like six seven questions and you just give us the like the first thing that comes to mind okay it can it can be just off the top of your head one sentence or or one word answer even uh about you know uh, all all different types of things so we'll, we'll run through them really quick and then we'll get started uh in our in yeah. our normal interview section all right i'll start it off and then katie you go next and we'll go back and forth uh who is your favorite person to stream with stream with anyone from btv so merc maven merc maven mason and uh deep heck yeah makes sense yeah, so makes many sense. m's 
Oh my God. <laughs> um, Coach, I'm trying to think, do we, do we want to do the second one or do we want to just skip to the third? Yeah, let's go third for sure. Okay. Favorite streaming moment. Ooh, when I dropped 40 with Nick Merckx for the first time, uh, with the first 40 bomb or one of the first 40 bombs in Warzone with Nick Merckx. Ooh, that's a good yeah, answer. Yeah, like back mm. in the OG days. I love that. Yeah. Uh, favorite meta of all time in Warzone? Favorite meta? Oh, uh, oh my God. Um, the, the original meta. What am I saying? The M4 and MP5. Like the original <laughs> yeah. Verdansk meta, like literally when it first started. You talking, you talking no stock or? Yeah, yeah, like the no stock yeah, M4 yeah. over. Yeah, easy, <laughs> easy. That was so fun. Uh, favorite competitive moment. Favorite competitive moment. Um, my first ever tournament win with uh, Zuma in the Call of Duty Ghosts UMG. Uh, I forget what it's called, Dallas, I think. But yeah. Damn, I was really thinking you were about. I was so sure you were just gonna say your champs win, but nah. All right, there we go. I like that actually. Um, do you have any? I'm actually really excited about this question. I'm gonna skip to it, uh, Katie. Do you have any like game day rituals? So before either coaching <laughs> or competing, you're like, I'm wearing the same socks every time. Like, what is what is your thing, if any? Uh, no, honestly, I don't really have anything. Just, I, you just I, roll I think, out of bed yeah. and rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, kind of. To be honest with you, like, yeah, no, I think throughout my entire career, I guess when I was younger in my career, I always used to have strawberry pop tarts or cherry pop tarts. But like that wasn't that was just because I needed food and that's usually just what I had at the gift shop. But yeah, that wasn't like a consistent thing though. That I, was like the closest thing to consistent, I'd say. I gotta <laughs> say that is just the the most stone cold killer answer I've ever heard. I, every, <laughs> everyone has something, and you're just like, nah, just I'm just there. We make it happen. Yeah, not really. I yeah, know. I every once in a while I have some pop tarts, but that's about it. All right. Do you have a favorite Warzone competitive format? Um. Ooh. Favorite Warzone competitive format? I like I like customs personally with the with the right multipliers and the right rule sets. Duos, like, you know, not the quads, customs trios. Yeah, uh, I think trios. I think trios is the best. Trios or duos for that is the best. But yeah, like with an actual rule set, not like anything goes kind of thing with claymores and stuff. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I feel you on that for sure. <clears throat> uh, hardest loss that you've experienced? Uh, champs in World War Two, like getting eliminated from that. All right. Yeah, definitely. Respect. And <laughs> if you could, all right, we've gotten we've gotten some weird answers on this question, so I'm, I can't wait to see oh what you, what you hit us with. Uh, if you could do any dream brand deal right now, who would it be with? That you could say, of course. <laughs> dream brand deal. Oh my gosh. Uh, I don't know. I guess like if we're talking like like big big like picture like so, like like nike or something like that yeah. that'd be cool that'd be that crazy yeah, yeah i think nike would be awesome yeah peek behind the curtain we get we get nike and, and things like that uh nike adjacent often and then mm. we've also gotten viagra so i mean it's really just ac across <laughs> the board <laughs> yeah no that and then if we were keeping it in the gaming space it'd be like any kind of pc company i think i, yeah. I always want to work with a pc company eventually yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> Certainly all the peripherals and just straight up PCs would be awesome uh, to work yeah. with. Yeah. Um, well, I appreciate you kind of, uh, I guess, keeping us intrigued with some of those answers. That was great. <laughs> uh, a little little backdrop on it. Well, uh, Katie kind of gave you the, the intro, right, of like your history. And I think there's a lot of people in the community from even the CDL side community or from the Warzone side that may not know your whole story. And, and I don't want you to necessarily monologue for 45 minutes about, you know, <laughs> your entire story. But I would like to get a peek behind the curtain before we really get into the weeds with some of our questions and opinions on like, where did you get your career started? 
started. Like you, you started in a completely different sphere, sphere to some degree, uh, to where you are now with a different name even. So, so give us yeah. a little bit of a, a background on, on Crowder and, uh, and you in, in particular. Okay. All right. So I started my career as replays. Like that yeah. was like my gamer tag back in the day. Um, and I started in Call of Duty 4. I was 13 years old. I didn't have, I never really played first person shooters very often. I was more into like Final Fantasy and like Kingdom Hearts and a bunch of other stuff like when I was younger. And then I think it was seventh grade. I was like 12 or 13. And I went to my friend's house, who's also a pro, the classic, like the pro player classic. And he had Xbox Live and Xbox 360. And he had Halo and Call of Duty, like the whole thing. And I ended up playing, I think it was Halo for the first time there online, like first person shooter. And I was like, yo. I need to get like like online like online gaming so I can play with my friends the whole thing and I like fell in love with it and then I ended up getting an Xbox 360 for Christmas I got Call of Duty 4 when I was like 13 I fell in love with Call of Duty played it a bunch like for the first year in like 2008 I want to say and like got pretty good I found out what game battles was uh had replay so I kind of where replays became a thing I had to get my gamer tag so I was yeah. all cool and I could fit in you know the whole thing yeah and then uh I played a bunch of GB matches and just like matches against other people the competitive like drive kind of like you know took that over from there and I just hated losing and I always wanted to win so I'd always like make other teams try and find teammates and stuff and then eventually I ended up funny enough a lot of people might not know this now but one of my first ever teammates like at, in a tournament situation my first ever tournament it was the New Year's Bash it was called New Year's Bash on Game Battles, and it was me and J-Cap. That's how I met J-Cap. Oh, really? wow. Yeah. So I've known <laughs> J-Cap since I was that. about 13 or 14 years old. Yeah, he was my first ever, like, legitimately, like, legitimate teammate for a competitive thing. And we got fifth out of, like, 64 teams. And then the PCLs happened and stuff like that. I teamed with J-Cap a lot for a couple of those and kind of just found teams through that. And then, like, fast forward through a bunch of, like, professional play at the lower, like, uh, like just, like, it wasn't as big back then. So, like... Being a pro back then was like if you got like top eight or you made the playoffs and stuff. So like we were pros there and then we got invited to a, like nationals, which was actually in California. And then that's where like my career kind of got weird for a little bit. So right around the end of Call of Duty 4, beginning of Modern Warfare 2, my team got invited to like the national tournament in 2009. And that's like when I actually became like a good pro player. And my parents couldn't really afford to send their 13-year-old or 14-year-old yeah. kid to California because... They wanted to go too because they didn't want to send me by myself i was too young so it was just kind of expensive and they didn't really believe in like what it was so i didn't get to go to that tournament and then i kind of like played mw2 online professionally but the same thing i couldn't really travel so like i played some and i was like on and off i'd play and then i'd take like three months off and then i'd play i'd be good and kind of going back and forth and then black ops 2 came out like fast forward i still played call of duty a bunch but like i never like really went to a lot of the events and then black ops 2 came out I got myself a job. I was like 17 or 18 years old at the time. And I got a job, got my like money that I could do and all that stuff. I competed in like the online qualifiers. I placed really well. I was on VVV. They covered our hotel room and everything else was on us. I used all the money that I obviously had saved for my job to fly there. I slept on like the floor under a chair, yeah. like in the room, <laughs> like in the corner. Yeah. And then I got third place there. And that was like the changing moment for my career. It's like once I got third place at that land, which was like a big major, I'm pretty sure it was Dallas. I got, I think I brought home like $1,200 or $1,700, like a check. And I showed it to my mom and my dad. And that's when they were like, oh shit, like you're not joking. Like you're actually, yeah, you're yeah. actually good at these games. You know what I mean? Like, oh my God, like, wow. Like, you know, like, cause I would tell them like, I'm actually really good. So I ended up kind of 
having that moment with my family, my mom and dad, I had the job. And then like from there, I think I went straight from VVV to phase. And then after that, like I kind of just went through a bunch of different teams and then my whole entire competitive career for there is like so on and so forth. And then, yeah. So that's, that's basically the gist of like how my career started. Yeah. And then towards the end of my career, when I switched to Crowder, I switched to the Crowder at the very like last moments of my competitive career. And it was because there was another phase replays that was in phase with me. <laughs> yep. And yep. as I got older, like a lot of people said he still like, stole my name. He really didn't because I knew him since he was in SOAR and like teams beforehand. And we always joked about if we were on phase together, what would happen? But as I got older, I always like wanted people to see me and like people would say replays and I wouldn't respond all the time because I could never like respond to my alias. I don't know. It was weird. I never like fully responded to my alias like in person a lot and then so like i got better like i just wanted to change my name and all my friends in high school throughout middle school high school sports teams when i was younger all called me crowder it's my last name so i wanted to just kind of have my alias to be crowder and just it was just me like if you say crowder like i just respond it's just like it was easier yeah so i kind of took a risk and like made that jump towards the end of my career just because i wanted to just get it over with and i knew like at first it would kind of hurt my brand because a lot of people won't know who the hell i am anymore and all that and i kind of just stuck stuck it out and then i think that's like when the transition to coaching call of duty professionally happened and then i had a relatively successful coaching career so that made it a little bit easier to establish like crowder as a coach so, yeah yeah kind of, yeah i, I want to pause you there that, really well done by the way it sounds like you probably told, told that story before uh, maybe a number <laughs> of times because that was yeah. that was brilliant i didn't even need to, to, to cut yeah. you off or ask any more questions it was a great recap uh, and yeah actually the whole story it was awesome in one. it was perfect yeah. that's exactly what we we're looking for and i think you know one of the things that stood out to me in that too and then i know katie's got a follow-up question on that is is this um is this idea of kind of like parent support in the in the um in the growth of esports in general right like there has been a number of people we've had on the podcast that had the same similar story it's like i have to prove to my parents this is real but once i made that yeah. first paycheck that was actually real money right. they were like oh okay we now see how we can support you in this and actually let you do this and then on the mm -hmm. flip side we had somebody like uh, hasoka who's a, a recent war zone kind of come up and his family's been cheering him on as well like pretty much since he started in the gaming space because it is a lot more like I guess concrete now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I'll, yeah, Katie, I'll let you ask your follow up, but it, really cool to hear that that side of the story too. Well, I think my favorite part of that, I, I had no idea about the J cap, um, <laughs> J cap thing. That's that is so fascinating that your first ever teammate was also the only other person following you this year to have won champs as a pro and to win champs as a coach, that that would still be you and Cap. Um, <laughs> stuff like that is always so weird to me when you look at it, you know, years and years and years down the road. But I, I do want to keep focusing on the transition to coaching. What mm. was that like for you? Because I know at every point, uh, whether you're a pro player, whether you're a competitive Warzone player, you get to a point where competing comes to an end and a lot of times people take a lot of different avenues right you can have zuma going over to do the flank you go on to be a highly successful coach so what was that transition like for you when you realized you were at that point um well my career like the coaching was weird because i i realized i was at that point twice i kind of like got tired of competing like a little bit earlier in my career, like right after I won champs, I retired the first time and like, you know, kind of went through like one year of kind of just chilling. 
and I played a lot of Call of Duty, still like Search and Destroy and all that, but like I didn't really uh, do too much. And then like I was a coach back then, but I didn't really count that because you weren't allowed even to spectate. But um, I came back out of retirement, and then like towards the end of that run, like in Black Ops Four, it was more or less like not really enjoying the aspect of competing more. So it wasn't like a huge shock to me or like a, a huge thing where you know we were like oh I, I felt like so like damn like i have to like i have to retire like it was more or less like i like, almost wanted to yeah and then co and coaching to be honest with you i didn't really know what i was gonna do when i retired uh it was just really easy it kind of fell into my lap like i've always been known as like the leader type role the one that yells at his teammates the most you know like just that's that kind that kind of role so when I retired, or we didn't qualify for the, was it, yeah, for the league in Black Ops 4, and then I retired, even if, people don't know this, but I, I talked to Priesta at that event, even if we even if we qualified, I was retiring after that anyway. I didn't want oh, to really? even play wow. the league. Yeah. So, I didn't really want to continue competing that much during that time, so I retired, said I don't really want to do anything, I want to stream, I love streaming, that's like my favorite thing to do. So I figured I was just going to stream a lot and hope for the best, to be honest with you. And then 100 Thieves ended up calling me and saying, like, we can do something with, like, a loan with your contract with FaZe and all this stuff. Like, you can come coach our team. They were kind of in shambles at the time. And it was, like, you know, a consistent job with stable money that I needed. That was, that, so I was like, you know, I'll do that and then stream on the side, whether like, whatever it takes, and I did that. So that's kind of how that all happened. But it was more like I jumped into... I was, like, kind of jumping into retirement, like, with a smile mm -hmm. on my face, to be honest with you. I was, like, kind of yeah. excited to, like... Because as awesome as competing can be, there's also a lot of other stuff that brings like more stress, not in a, like a terrible way, but like I was kind of over it and I wanted to do like more stuff that I, I enjoy doing a little bit more like on a daily basis. So, yeah, I, you know, that's that's also interesting because I think there's a lot of people that didn't have the same story as you. They were either forced into retirement um, through whatever happened or um, mm -hmm. kind of found themselves out of uh, kind of necessity having to retire. And the fact that you were able to kind of choose that with a smile is is a huge, huge deal, probably from a, from a mental aspect as well as uh, just in general from a kind of career aspect. But and, and I think this kind of perfectly transitions to the next topic we wanted to talk about, which was, uh, you know, you've, you've got this full time coaching gig. Uh, but you also stream a ton and you make a lot of content creation. And uh, I can only imagine that it's very difficult to do both. Like talk to me, especially because you, 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 one of the things you said was that streaming is one of your favorite things to do. Like talk to me about that balance. Like how, how difficult is it really? And is it something that like uh, you've uh, been having to kind of tweak and mess with to try to make it work? Um, it was so the balance of that to be honest with you there is no balance <laughs> like uh just to be completely honest like for the first couple of years of my coaching and streaming like like at the same time i was pretty bad at balancing just my time in general with a lot of stuff uh, i've gotten better at that since i've gotten a little bit older and i figured it out a little bit more and just have, like have like other priorities and stuff but uh yeah i mean for the first three or four years i started in the east coast which this made it a little bit more easy in the east coast i'd wake up around like 6 a.m Scream until like one ish, then scrims would happen at two, and then like do scrims and all that stuff. And then usually at the end of that night, either make a YouTube video, stream again, or go to bed. And like that was kind of like constantly rotation over and over. And then I moved to California, which I'm still here now, and I just did the same thing, but just that 6 a.m. turned to 3 a.m. Like everything oh, just turned yeah. back. Yeah. So I just woke up at 3 a.m., stream for like five, six hours. And then coached for five, six hours, and then either streamed again and or made a YouTube video or just went to bed. And that was kind of 
Oof. the ba the balance, but I was like, there wasn't that much balance. And then like, as I've gotten older and stuff like that, lack of balance, like took a toll on like, you know, relationships and other stuff outside of just like, just friendships, the relationships with me and my girlfriend. Like it was just like a lot of like yeah. not having time. And then I've gotten way better at taking days off and mentally resetting and stuff like that. So I've been, I've gotten there, but yeah, to be honest, there wasn't much balance there. And now I just take days off and then like, you know, days where me and Emily are both off from work we you know to have a have a night to ourselves and actually you know trying to just escape the whole job thing and everything like that so it's been much better but yeah at first there was definitely no balance it was yeah. tough <laughs> <laughs> yeah i uh I, i'm sitting here thinking and laughing because I, I think we all i think anybody in the content creation space regardless of whether you're working a full-time job and doing content creation have have that issue of like how do you balance time because there's always something to do like you're not just working mm -hmm. a nine to five you're not working a, a an eight to ten even you're working a 24-hour job theoretically and when you're not working uh your brand's probably not working for you either so um balancing yeah. both of those can be super super difficult but um it, it's been cool to see you kind of like navigate that and it's good to hear that it, it's a lot better now uh, i feel yeah. that i feel that heavy Much especially as, especially as somebody that's also i mean i'm i'm uh, i guess a decent bit older than you as well and uh, katie and i uh, have been feeling the uh kind of grind uh start tolling mm. on us much more than when we were 16 18 uh even 20 so like i'm old you don't have to tell everyone i'm old no i'm the old yeah it it was hard but like I, I think a big i think a big reason why i've gotten much better at it though too is like my girlfriend hel has helped me tremendously like through like just learning how to balance just life you know what i mean like i, yeah. I can if anyone knows me like on a personal level like i can get really stressed really easily just what like and like but like when i get stressed i usually like extend myself more to like do more like yeah. it's like i don't like shut down it's like the opposite and like yeah she's been a huge factor in like my happiness of just like you know letting my mind like calm down and just be a person like yeah no she's been a huge help for that too like in my in my opinion that's been like huge for me yeah, I, I'm definitely the same way. Once things get stressful, I buckle down and turn everything else off and try to get as many things done as possible. So my efficiency. Yeah, that's a more productive way. I mean, to be fair, that's not the worst way that you can handle a stress like that. So. Yeah, I, I suppose too. Uh, but hey, uh, Katie, we wanted to kind of continue forward yeah. with streaming content creation and then even just Warzone in general. Uh, Crowder, you kind of were a, were and are even still, uh, but especially early Verdansk, you, you really became a staple of the Warzone community. So, so talk to me a little bit about early Warzone, what you saw in that from a streaming content side, but also even competing early in that. Um, so I didn't compete too much in early Warzone. And to be honest with you, a lot of the times I didn't just because like, I kind of wanted to just have fun with the game yeah. and every once in a while i would compete i really i never really took it very seriously like i would just like have some fun if my Fair. teammate and or i did bad i would laugh it off i would never really like it, it was never like too serious but um i just love call of duty like even like when i retired the first time i streamed call of duty every day like i just love call of duty and then warzone came out i was playing blackout with teep merc and maven like every single day yeah. and then i just transition the war zone because it was a new br at the time it was fun and i had a lot of fun with that i think um just streaming that like was awesome and then like I, there was just so much that like kind of happened with all of that year like actually to start the war zone year i was in california my internet went out completely like like it like oh, wow. with covid everyone was home and i had spectrum at the time so like you don't like i didn't have fiber so like i couldn't even stream so i had to move to atlanta for like six months during that to even like mm -hmm. pursue like that part of my career and then like it kind of just took off like i competed in some tournaments but i think the biggest break for me to be honest with you is like having such supportive 
friends that like helped my stream grow during that time. Sure. Like I was able to have, I met Symphony, Teep, Merc, Maven, like all those guys have helped me out so much. And then I ended up being able to play with Nick Merckx too and dropping the 40 bomb and yeah. playing with him. And like, again, he's another guy too that like, no matter how big his stream is, he's always super supportive of other people. So like he helped my stream out a lot. And then like, I kind of just did that and just did my thing. The stream too. So and like, just fell in love. But yeah, I think just like the love of Call of Duty and just like the love of streaming mixed with like the timing of Warzone getting big, like big part of that, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. Well, and like it seems like then competitive was never really in the forefront for you, right? It was there if yeah. you chose to engage with it, but that wasn't ever really a focus. It was it was never like a big focus for me for competitive Warzone only because like I've done so much competing basically for like almost like 12, 13 years where like I never really took the Warzone side of things too seriously. And so it was never like a focus. I would do it here and there, but I never consistently did it. But it's also what you guys talked about balance. It's very hard to compete in Warzone seriously because I don't play Warzone at that level nearly as much as like some of the super talented streamers nowadays. Like I get on for four or five hours, but then I got to go coach. So yeah, like yeah. if I have a huge Warzone tournament and I'm playing really well, I have to coach the team. And it's like, do I sacrifice at the time, especially with no assistant coach or anything like that? Do I not coach my team the stream, but then like, why am I getting paid to coach? You know what I mean? Like there was very like, a, like a lot of weird things like to kind of deal with if I did stream it. So like, I never really got to play a lot of tournaments, even if I wanted to. So like, I kind of just like took my foot off that and like, didn't even tempt myself, you know, too yeah, much so. Sure. It, it, it was like, sometimes I'd want to, but I couldn't really either way. So like, I kind of just did like some content in the morning. Yeah, I mean, that can be hard when you only have so many hours in the day, right? And there's priorities that you have to decide upon. And it seems yeah. like that's exactly what you were able to do. But I, I want to talk a little bit more about Warzone specifically. You have a unique perspective in this and in the <laughs> sense that... um. We've had people like Rated on before, uh, former pros, and they are able to look at Warzone through a professional lens that a lot of competitive Warzone players can't because that's just not the background that they came from. <laughs> so we're gonna. I want to start with something light, and I'm sure you saw it, but uh, uh, a little while ago, Repulse decided to do something you've been doing lately, which is stir the pot on Twitter. You know, just send <laughs> out a tweet that uh, is a little weird, a little wild, and it caused this whole dust up of this debate about CDL pros and Warzone competitive Warzone players. Uh, I was always curious to know what what your thoughts are on that, what you saw, and the differences therein. Okay, so I didn't see his tweet, but let me look it up. But um, yeah, so the differences with like, like Warzone pros and CDL pros, like I, I've always this has been like kind of talked about for a while. Um, I don't know, like the differences between those guys and stuff aren't too crazy in the sense, like obviously, like you, like you know, there's gun skill involved. You shoot like I think like people like Diaz Biffle are extremely talented. You yeah. know, like when you do the comparison. So, like, I've never been one person to be like, oh, it's CDL pros are just way better than Warzone pros, period. Like, it's like, there is a certain aspect of, like, what it takes to be a pro that, like, Warzone just isn't. Like, in, in any way. Like, they're, like, the communication alone is, like, completely different. The play style is completely different. Like, again, a lot of the tournaments that you were successful in Warzone, it's 2v2 kill races. Like, I say, like, it's probably the most, like, that's probably the most tournaments you see right sure and like that's as as like competitive as that could be it's like it's also shooting against people that aren't really shooting back a lot of the time 
So it's like, how can you kill bots? But then like when the people actually shoot back, like what happens? And like customs even like use that as an argument. It's still like a different kind of play style. So like, I don't know. I think there are certain Warzone pros that are actually incredibly like super talented. And if they really did mm -hmm. put their heart and soul to going pro, I think some of them could be pretty successful. Um, but at the same time, like, I think it's super underrated of like what it takes to be a CDL pro. And I think yeah. that also kind of gets like overlooked because so many people on that side of the argument say like, oh, he could just be a pro if he wants to. It's like having teammates and the how down to a science the CDL really is that like people can't understand unless like, you're a part of it is like really underrated and like you don't see it or overlooked. And then like the... I, I can talk about this forever, by the way. <laughs> we we like, love your insights. That's why but I, like, asked. I, I always use it. Like, there's a lot of people that competed in the CDL challengers, and like, they were good, but they weren't stand out good. But then they play Warzone, and they're really good. And it's just because, like, they're really, really talented, and they are incredible at shooting their guns and all that stuff and slaying out in Warzone lobbies. But like, when it comes to the teamwork aspect and the timing and the clutch factor and the communication and the teammate and the dedication and all of this other stuff that goes into it, it's extremely hard to succeed. And it's also something that you can't also rely on just yourself. You have to have a really good sight of who you pick on your team, why they're on your team. Are they the right role? Like there's just a bunch of stuff that goes into it. So like, I think it's a super unfair comparison to be honest. And like, I, yeah. I respect both sides. Like I look at Diaz Biffle. I love, he's like my favorite person to use in this. I think he's incredible. I think he is one of the most great shooting people that you can play, including CDL pros. I think he's, he's, he's insane. I love him. And I do think he's one of the people that could go pro if like he put his heart and soul into it. But like, that's just like, why would he do that? You know, like, I don't know. Just yeah. like respect him for what he is and like, let him do his thing. And then like, that's it. So I don't know. Like, I, I like stirring the pot with that stuff too. I've done it, but I truly think like, I just have respect for both people. Cause it's just like a totally different game at the end of the day. Yeah. Like some of them are super talented and then, you know, I don't know. That, that was so. a hell of an answer is what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> that was, uh, that was I usually great. have thorough answers on everything. So sorry if that's too long. No, no it's good. It's really good. It makes our job <laughs> so easy. This is why we brought you okay. on. We don't need to hear ourselves talk. That's it's exactly what we want. I, I think like one of the things you said there that, that it could be kind of summed up as like, it's the intangibles, right? Um, and, yeah. there's, and there's different skill sets there. So, and, and there's so many intangibles in, in CDL that none of us uh, uh, on the outside could even, even think about. And, and it's the same for like professional sports too. Like you might have a, yeah. a guy that could run insanely fast and run the craziest 40 ever doesn't mean he's going to be a great mm -hmm. nfl player right um yeah dude it's like bro there's just so many people like it, even like what people don't understand is like hard point in general alone from like snd like there is just so many times i've seen in the challengers world i before warzone was a thing this was always my take on challengers players too or amateur players some of them are some of the most talented people you'll ever see. Like some of them shoot, like even when I was a pro, I would always like joke around and be like, those motherfuckers, sorry if the curse or whatever, shoot, <laughs> shoot faster, shoot straighter than I'll ever will. But like a lot of them won't really make it. And it's not, not even to sound egotistical or anything, but like it's solely due to like their attitude. You can just see it like yeah. so clearly, mm -hmm. like that is just not going to ever work in the CDL, in a team environment. It, it just, it's never going to work. And unless like you're truly like, gifted to a point where like you're one of a kind like that's never going to get you anywhere and it's like that's like just how i view like warzone to cdl it's like there's so many people that are so talented and then you put them in like warzone their talent's going to destroy everyone in those lobbies and even maybe in the warzone play style it's even better but like in the cdl is just like totally different so it's just so hard to compare uh but yeah no there's a a lot of pros i've seen play warzone that aren't 
that elite at Warzone. <laughs> but, it's, but like, it's not because they're like not talented. It's just like a totally different style. And then yeah. like, you've seen people like Rated and Tommy that come over and just destroy the competition for the most part. Obviously, people compete with them. And it's just because they're good and yeah. they're pros and they're really talented and they're good at that. So it's, I think it's a little bit of both, to be honest with you. Yeah. So. T time in and chemistry is usually what it comes down to. And this yeah, certainly influence that's a big both. Thing too. Mm -hmm. And people always say like, as well, like, you know, like, oh, why wouldn't Diaz Biffle just go play CDL then? Like, I'm like, why the hell would he? Like, you're like, you yeah. know, like he's, he's turning on a stream to 7,000 viewers it's or whatever. It's so much like, more lucrative. Yeah. yeah. And it's not, and even money aside, like, again, what I said before, being a CDL pro is also super stressful and it's not a bad thing. And it's also like a lot of people's passion and career. Like it was at mine, like at one point too, but yeah, like there's a lot of stress that goes into that too. And you can't really stream and create content when you do that. So it's also like, why would he do that? It's like, I don't know. I, I just like the way I truly look at it is, yeah, I just respect people that are good at Warzone, and I respect people that are good at pro play, you know, like, I don't yeah, know. yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> I love it. Just, yeah, it's as simple as that to me. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it. Well, it, let's talk a little bit about um, kind of meshing those two topics together. Let's talk a little bit about COD next um and uh specifically kind of warzone 2 and modern warfare 2 um and, and katie i'll kind of let you take this one away but wanted to hear just general impressions from the event um so the event was awesome that was one of the coolest like creator events i've been to um and i've seen it was really cool to have like i think what was it like 200 creators or yeah. something of the sort like it was really cool to see a bunch of creators i met a bunch of creators that i haven't met yet like we've known each other through warzone and all this other stuff or other games but i never really got to meet them so it was cool to meet people um the event was awesome the setups were cool and the game's really fun so the event as a whole was awesome i enjoyed it and then do, uh, do you want me to talk about like mw2 and all that stuff or yes that, that's where yeah, i was going to yeah. lead into was your impressions positive mm -hmm. negatives for us uh, particularly warzone 2 but if you uh want to mix in mw2 multiplayer obviously do that as well no, I'll leave the multiplayer alone because that's where I get super passionate in the CDL world. <laughs> we'll we'll leave that we'll leave that alone. That's for another time, maybe. Sure. But sure. um, for Warzone Two, uh, I know they just announced. I think this is uh, people in my chat say this, so I don't know if this is fully true. That they're bringing back loadies. Are they bringing back loadouts and stuff I like that? Tweet some about something. They they yeah. were playing around with it. I, I think from um, be behind the scenes, what I what I have heard is that they essentially had a switch of like, hey, if people wanted yeah. it, we can make it happen. If they don't want it, we we don't have to have it there. And yeah. and the rumor on the street is that yeah, I think they will be bringing okay. this back to some capacity. All right. So I just wanted to know that before I said anything. So like, we played Warzone two for about like an hour or two. Yeah. You know, I think I played. One full game and a half a game. I think Teep's audio is messed up, but like it was fun. I, I think the map in general is really good. Like I actually, that's the one thing I said from the start, which is it, the map seemed really fun. It looked really cool. It looked like it had cool POIs. Um, I like Caldera. I'm not a huge Caldera hater, hater but peak being this high and yeah. everything else being this low is the dumbest thing of all time. And like having to constantly run up peak and stuff, those fights are really annoying. So I didn't see much of that in the in the map. So it seemed really good. And the things that I didn't like was the amount of bots, AI bots need to go. I think they already said that potentially they're toning them down. I don't know if that's true, but there was a lot of times where I was fighting a team and then like a bot would just run into my house and I'd be like, oh shit, like. I'd shoot them and I'd be like, oh, no, that's not a bot. Now I have no ammo. And then someone would slide in. And it's like, what the right. hell is going on? Right. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I, I think that was a, a big negative for me. And people were talking about the time to kill as like something that's like, you know, frustrating. I think the time to kill is a little fast right now for a battle royale. Like it's just 
the way it could be played out is kind of like super campy. But that's something that's adjustable. So like I'm not super upset about that. They adjusted it in Warzone. I think before I took a break with Warzone, yep. they actually upped the health. Like the 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 base health and then they have iron trials and a bunch of other stuff. So like I think there's a lot of potential. Um I just think they're kind of using some of the feedback and stuff to go back. So I, I liked it. I thought it was fun. I'm going to enjoy it no matter what, most likely. I didn't have too many negatives other than the bots and the time to kill. Uh, the ground loot and stuff, I'm not judging all of that because, like, you know. We already you know, knew that they had said yeah. that things like that were going. Mm -hmm. What we had at that event was not already what yes. they planned for it to be on release. Exactly. So I, I, I don't know. I think it's going to be cool. I think it's going to be fun. I think a lot of, like, stuff that people were kind of complaining about almost got fixed already or like talked about being fixed so i'm super excited for it i think it's going to be a, a pretty fun time i think the whole entire map being good is my most important thing for me yeah i think that is like the most important thing that you can have in a battle royale is the map being good and playing out well and i think that's going to be exactly that so i'm happy i'm excited yeah i don't have too many negatives yet but i don't want to be negative about it because i haven't played the game you know like yeah, i don't I mean, want to like, it you played it Reasonable answer. Yeah, I get like I, I don't know. Like I feel I feel to have a strong opinion about something, you need to be not an expert, but at least relatively educated on the topic of like what you're doing. I'm not I haven't played the game enough to have a strong opinion, but from what I played, it was fun. I think some things need to be changed. I think they will be, and I think we'll be fine. So, well, I wonder because I heard this from a number of people of uh, this idea of kind of taking parts back from from Blackout. You talked about playing a lot of Blackout um, be lot. before lot. coming into to Warzone. Did you see mm. some of those similarities, maybe with the looting systems or anything that you were like, "Oh, this feels like home," or it feels weird, or anything like that? So the looting system was the biggest thing that I noticed. That's like very like Blackout with the backpacks and all that. I personally don't love that looting system. I also don't think it's the end of the world. So a lot of people were saying like it's super clunky and super annoying. And even for me, it was. It was very clunky and annoying. But it's because I'm not used to it. And I always, I use like one example a lot when I talk to my chat about it. Apex Legends. Apex Legends is one of the fastest paced game, fastest paced games you can ever play. All this other stuff. The looting in that game is clunky as hell until you play it for a week and then all of a sudden you're your armor swapping in a blink of an eye, right? So sure, it's like the same sure. thing in Blackout. Like, Blackout was clunky at first, and then you can go in and out of that bag within two seconds and be done. So, like, I, I don't think the looting would be as annoying if you had more than an hour to play the game. So I'm, again, not really judgmental on that yet. It did feel like Blackout. I didn't really like it at first just because I haven't done it in so long. Yeah. That's something where, like, I didn't... When that happened, I didn't even, like, think about it twice. I was like, oh, if this is what it's going to be, I'll... Be good at looting in a second if not like not the end of the world i but i do think the war zone looting system currently is just better because it's just easier you know yeah, like sure. you don't have to like i think a lot of times i try and like look at it for more from like a casual player like doesn't play a lot it's called duty point of view i don't want to have to go through a backpack and do this and do that and do all like this other stuff i feel like that can be confusing so I think the war zone currently is a little bit better, but regardless, I don't think it's the end of the world if we have to go through a backpack to, to loot. Sure. Like, I, I don't know. Did you notice the intuitive looting of like cash and cash re registers, uh, guns on shelves? Mm -hmm. Like, it, was that yeah. something that was like, oh, this is kind of cool. It felt like a gimmick or was it actually like, oh, this will make sense for like the longevity of the game? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, stuff like that, personally, I, I just think is unnecessary. Uh, sure. I'm not like a huge yeah. fan of it. Like. I don't think I need to go to the cash reg register to get cash, but it's cool. You know, I get it. It makes sense. Like, so I understand now where to find more money, but I, I don't think that has to go as 
deep down to that. Like, I guess the one thing I would say, more on like the negative side, but not like terribly, is just that reminds me a lot of like Tarkov, kind of like the DMZ, yeah, yeah. like like that mode. Right. Yes. And I'm not a huge fan of Tarkov just because I haven't played it enough. But I feel like with Warzone being so fast paced and it was so popular, I feel like trying to like make it more like a game that's not really related to Warzone is kind of weird to me. I feel like that's like the weird part. I think it's like kind of cool, but I also think it's just like not that necessary, you know, like to make the game fun and like the longevity of the game. Like, I don't think it's that big of a deal, but I could be wrong. I, again, haven't really played too much. I guess when I haven't played the game at all for the first time and they told us that, when I did need heals, I knew where to go. You know, sure, like I did sure. know where to go. So <laughs> technically, if you don't really, you know, know what you're doing and you're playing the game for the first time, it does make sense. So maybe, but we'll see. Yeah, it'll be, I, I'm very interested to see. Once again, we know even the quantity of loot available, uh, I, I think all of these things are not final form from what we saw at COD Next. And I'm not sure- a, Not even close. Yeah, they have been taking yeah. a ton of the feedback and uh, will be adjusting accordingly. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. The map is my favorite part of Warzone 2 from what we've seen so far. Uh, the map, and they've said it's their biggest map yet, specifically designed- um explicitly for having it be a br and i mm -hmm. really love yeah that there is no you know love peak peak's great but happy that we're moving no. uh moving yeah <laughs> moving beyond peak. but okay so um this is uh, this is another question we get a lot of mixed answers on and i'm curious to know what yours is uh is the topic of will we see ranked in warzone 2 do you think we should see ranked in warzone 2 because you're someone who says i want to be here i want to play warzone and have fun but there is that itch to compete in whatever sense would you want to see ranked where you could kind of get best of both worlds while you're playing with teep and maven and everyone else Oh, absolutely. There's no, there's no doubt in my mind that ranked should be in. I don't know if it, we will get one, um, but I think ranked, no matter what, I think ranked will always add an incentive to play the game for people that want to play the game, like, you know, a little bit more sweaty, or you want to try a little bit harder. You want to play people at your skill level. And I think for the longevity of any game, like I, I, again, I can use apex as an example, like apex. If I think if apex didn't have that ranking system, I don't think it would be as popular as it is today. Like, I think people would have gotten bored of it, rightfully so, because it's very hard to keep anything alive for five years or whatever. But I just think like having that ranked system reset and constantly like trying to get to that number one rank or the highest rank is like so important for the longevity of the game and it makes it competitive. And I also think like it's fun to do that sometimes, you know, like not every day do you want to get on and just like kind of just run around aimlessly with like no objective, like for like some of the sweatier players, I guess, like for myself. So I would love to see ranked in the game and i don't get to compete too much i'm hoping that i get to compete more this year with like my schedule that i worked out with my team so i would love to just be able to get more practice in like more serious situations because the one thing i would say i guess for competitive warzone is it's a big scene you know i'm more cdl i'm more like in the the cdl world obviously but the warzone competitive scene there's a tournament every day, especially in the beginning of Warzone 2. There's a tournament every day. You got streamers that have five, six, seven, eight, twenty, fifty thousand viewers playing them, right? Like depending on the tournament. Like it's a big scene, but you don't really get to practice it. And that's the weird part for me. It's like I would love to again, like maybe not have custom games because it's hard to get 150 people that you know to play a custom game to practice. Yeah. Like so ranked would be the perfect example for that. It's like mm -hmm. it'd be fun to hit that highest rank and have that, like, you know 
that purpose to play here and there. And like, I think it'd be cool, like in the sense of just like being able to practice in that form. And like, then you want to go for your clips and your gun loadouts clips and stuff like that. You do it. Like it just adds another section. And I don't think that hurts anyone. Right. I don't think sure. that hurts casuals because casuals don't have to do it. I don't think it hurts buddy people because they can do whatever they want to. Like, I think it's just a balance of both. So I, I don't know. I think it needs to be in. And I think, I think it will be. I don't know, though. I have literally no idea if it will be. I just feel like with just how competitive Warzone can be and, like, Iron Trials coming out and all that stuff, like, I'm really hoping that's, like, something towards a ranked system. So I'm, yeah. I'm praying for it. Yeah. I, I would love nothing more than a ranked system to play every once in a while and have fun with it. Because right now, I play other games just because there's a rank system yeah. not even because i like yeah. the game yeah. like literally just because there is a rank system and, and there's a rank system in nearly every other game that is even kind of mm -hmm. called a uh, a competitor of warzone if you will right like uh, i do yeah. i mean i remember too like i think the thing that a lot of people kind of talk about when casual side is like oh casuals don't play as much rank dude you know how many people grind league ranked or valorant ranked or whatever <laughs> to get to plat or diamond or whatever like it, you don't have to get to the the very top for rank to be really entertaining and, and kind of feel that yeah. reward of grinding i also yeah. would like to see something else besides oh i just dropped another 50 bomb today on the timeline like well, let's have some comp. exactly and like that's the thing too it's like all all those 50 bombs and it's like oh well you got an easy lobby this lobby that lobby like it just i don't know it's like you could do that every once in a while when you want to and that's cool but i just think it would be so cool again even when those custom tournaments happen and I don't even say I'm not even playing them. I love watching like a custom tournament get like towards the end and there's 16, there's, there's six teams left in the circle and it gets really crazy. Like yeah. that's really fun to watch. And it's definitely a nice change of pace. So you'll be able to choose between that gameplay or just running around and having fun with your friends. And you can do a little bit of both. And like, I think that would just be a really good addition to Warzone in general. So I, I, I hope so. I think it'd be awesome. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Great question, uh, Katie. I, I think I want to I want to skip one of these two questions and go to our last question of the day. We've been going for uh, mm -hmm. a decent chunk of time. We want to let Crowder go uh, continue his stream. Uh, this is an interesting one and, and a bit more nuanced. Um, you have had a ton of experience on LAN. Uh, mm -hmm. LAN play is different than online play. It's just a simple fact. Uh, with the coming of Warzone 2, and uh, I think from what I have, am hearing and what I'm assuming, there's going to be a lot more Warzone events in person uh, coming down yeah. the line over the next couple years. Um, it, do you have any advice for people that have never played on land before, uh, Warzone or otherwise? But is there something that is like different that you need to know going into it, or is it just like, hey, good luck, get some experience, and you'll be fine? Um, I mean what you just said at the end is like get some experience and you'll be fine like people say this this might not be agreed with by everybody but like all the people that say like land is so much different it's not it's the same exact thing like <laughs> sure. it's, it's sure it's like of course land is different in the sense like you're in person like it's in the cdl world you're on a main stage there's thousands of people yelling and all that stuff like and it's like a little bit more of just not your comfort of your own setup but that's really the only difference like a lot of the times like especially with nowadays like with online like you get a pretty decent connection for the most part obviously some people play from like you know uk or something that's yeah, a little sure, different sure. but like outside of that like it's the same thing so like when you're playing on land like just don't overthink it like you know whatever you do in your home setup you do there like just play your game and have some fun like I, a lot of it's more nerves like if you see people underperform on land a lot of the times it's just because like, it's just like their mental is just that they're, they're a little nervous. They're trying too hard. They're trying to do too much. Like 
it's just very easy to get like that. So like, I think the biggest thing is just like have some fun with it and just try and treat it like you're at home. You know, like it's yeah, not that yeah. it's not that yeah. much different. Like I promise. Like I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like that's the best way to do it because I I promise you, playing on land and playing online. Like obviously there will be times where your ping is high and that's annoying, but. Mm -hmm. It's not like significantly like oh my god like my controller moves faster on land like nothing changes it's the same <laughs> yeah, game yeah, like, yeah. same game the same equipment the same stuff so it's just like have some fun with it don't overthink it and just do your thing and you'll be fine that's a great i think that's such a great answer and one that we haven't asked anyone else before so i'm really mm -hmm. glad you were able to give us such a detailed answer but we also know i, I think as you just had a, a teep raid swoop in that we have we have about <laughs> kept you to time so uh, i have a fun. final i have a final question for you um what what is what is next for crowder what is next for chris what is on the horizon what should we be expecting to see from you looking forward to uh in the months ahead um a lot of stuff i i would hope so so i like i kind of mentioned before this new season, this new Warzone 2, I'm hoping to compete more. I don't know if I'll be able to be competing in everyday tournaments every single day of my life. Just like that's just hard to keep up with with being a CDL coach. But I'm hoping to compete in some of these like tournaments and like try and have some fun and like, you know, scratch that itch a little bit of just like playing a little bit more serious. I think those custom games tournaments are fun. So like having like a squad and trying to find a squad and go from there will be like definitely something I'm going to look into and hopefully get and like Heck have yeah. some fun with that. Um, so that's definitely on the horizon for like Warzone 2 and then content and all that stuff. And then other than that, just trying to get like my merch going and cause I, I'm trying to get a controller with Battle Beaver right now. So like, there's a bunch of other stuff that I have in the works, which is good. But the main thing for me is, yeah, I just want to play Warzone 2, do a lot of streaming, do a lot of content creation. And then again, try and win some of the tournaments when it comes out and have some fun with it. I haven't Heck taken yeah. anything. I haven't been able to take anything serious in a competitive environment. In like literally three or four years so yeah. it'd be fun to like try and get like a little squad and try and win some of these tournaments so i'm excited love that and i'm excited to, to hopefully cast over some more of your gameplay <laughs> but man it's gonna be a lot of fun well thank you so much for your time thanks so much for hopping Absolutely. on here man and uh good thank luck with you, the rest yeah. of your stream and i'm sure we'll talk more soon thank you guys i appreciate you uh you guys having me yeah absolutely my friend Bye. I, honestly here's the thing that i loved about crowder the most he was succinct but also went uh, to great lengths to give us every detail of the He answered the a lot of our questions before we asked was... the questions. And yes, you're right. He he has been by far our most succinct, but like information-dense answers we have received from anyone. No, I totally agree. It was it was brilliant. We talked probably the least that we've ever talked on the podcast, and that was a good <laughs> thing, right? <laughs> that was that was awesome. Um, well, hey, be before we do anything else, it's really important. We got to jump into this like nearly immediately. And thank you for everyone tuning us tuning in across everywhere, all over the different platforms. Um, the open uh the open qualifiers for the CDLR, Katie. Uh, they uh, CDLR split two. It's on on Fortune's Keep. The open qualifiers are live in game right now. It's really important for a number of reasons. One, that's super cool. CDLR is going to be super sick, and, and I'm excited for it. But two, uh, Coliseum, our our sponsor, exclamation point Coliseum in the chat, exclamation point sponsor, uh, our our sponsor. They're running a Fortune's Keep uh, CDLR open. Uh, $300 price pool right now for free Ooh. on their site. So go check out Coliseum right now. They're, they're part of the reason we're able to do this podcast. We do what's called uh, the Coliseum Stat Chat every single week, and we're going to do that today as well. Let me see if my overlay is carried over. Boom. We are already locked in. What we, Beautiful. What we do with Coliseum every single week is we go over stats.
stats over the last week because they keep track of them for mm -hmm. us, which is super cool. Um, and if you didn't know who Coliseum was, they're a daily Warzone streamer fantasy site where you can actually go in with, uh, it gives you kind of a salary cap and you create your own team based on the prices associated through the different streamers. They gain points just like any other fantasy sport that you've played and you rack up those points and you can win and you can win pretty big, especially right now. Now, I got to say this and we'll go through some of these stats. That, that Fortune's Keep CDLR Open uh, tournament is going on right now and the the entries close in literally 10 minutes okay so i'm gonna oh, so right now if you literally. are doing this and it's free right now go exactly i just put the link in the twitch stream where we are currently streaming our perspective you can go check it out it'll take you right to the the link you need to be at there's also a friday freebie tournament going on so you can actually enter into two tournaments in a span of about three minutes where you could potentially walk out with the lion's share of like 450 dollars. it's crazy there's a lot going on over there with coliseum they've been killing it recently and we're so happy to be partnered with them so let, let's quickly go through the stat chat though while everybody else is checking out those uh those featured tournaments uh over the past week uh, there has been a lot of things going on. People played the beta that recently closed. Uh, we're still dropping absolute metric bombs on the timeline. Uh, Katie, look at these numbers. This is crazy. I think they could pump those numbers up. I'm not going to lie to you. The <laughs> fact that Omen didn't hit a 60 bomb, I'm frankly disappointed. Look, I don't know if it's just him getting older or what. Maybe he's just not the guy he used to be. But 58, man, come on, come on. That's disrespectful. Omen with it. Let's be real. That, that's filthy. It's gross. But like, sometimes I got to come at it from an unexpected <laughs> angle to keep things fresh, you know? Sure. Well, for our audio listeners, Omen dropped a 58 <laughs> on Caldera this week. Uh, Watch Waldo at the highest at 47 kills on Fortune's Keep prep. Uh, prepping for this open i am sure and uh knight dropped to 49 on rebirth those are the top uh kills of the last week and as we can continue to go down our fantasy streamers uh based on the points that they accrue from kills deaths or otherwise uh stukawaki actually led the last week with 706 fantasy points Skillman in second at 684, Shifty in third, 682, Almond at 680, Wag back on that list as per usual at 676, and Huskers always around town. You can find him at the bottom or the top of the list. It doesn't matter. He's always there at 664. Those streamers usually cost a lot more, by the way, on your salary cap if you're trying to pick them up, but it might be worth it. Uh, we'll, we'll keep going on some of these. Yeah, Katie, take us through some of these numbers. These are just kind of basic numbers that kind of span a different couple different categories and again uh some uh some names that we oftentimes see on these lists yeah magnificent already talked about but 95 victories which is extremely impressive the one that always uh stands out to me is anytime you get a high victory streak so you take a look at apathy and slack they are a duo they play together all the time but they had 18 in a row which is also in in a row like yeah. that is so impressive uh especially considering the skill-based matchmaking that they are playing within is not going to be conducive to an 18 game streak so uh that's extremely impressive stellar moves had an average placement of third place watch waldo again here with average kills of 20 and then knight with total kills of 2200 they lot. have been grinding <laughs> last week 2200 kills in a week somebody try to beat that for next week please uh insane well there's one more thing we do with them and over under and uh katie's still ahead unfortunately we take a look at some of these and it did looks... we do them again recently uh, wait didn't we skip oh, we i don't skipped. remember 
I was going to say, we, we skipped because of COD Next. Oh, yeah. It was all COD Next. It was all Modern Warfare yeah. 2 beta. So we skipped. But we you skipped. can see the numbers here. We'll go ahead and give our predictions for over, under. Uh, time played. Mm -hmm. uh, last week's was 55 hours time played. Uh, and that is uh, between all matches in a week at the highest level. So the person with the most hours played in a week, uh, they had 55 hours in a week, which, yeah. is, which is a lot. But not as much as usual, to be honest with you, because right. of the Modern Warfare 2 beta. So 67 is the over-under. Uh, let's go through these pretty quick, Katie. Over-under yeah. on this. Okay, I was initially going to say under, but then I was like, CDLR, it's on Fortune's Key. There's a lot there of hours. There is no God next. The MW2 beta is done. Like, yeah. I have to, like, I didn't think about all that at first, and now I'm like, I have to go over. I, I think I'm going to go over as well. Uh, the CDLR playlist is slightly different, where it's only open during certain hours, but they will certainly clog those hours up uh, with everything they can and probably warm up for a number of hours before that. Um, okay, most kills in one week. We had some around the neighborhood of 2,000 last week. Uh, we saw Gorgo Knight at 2,200 this week, uh, over under at 2.6 next week. Oh, 2,600's a lot. I mean, I, I feel like you have to assume you want to say over because we're assuming it's going to be over 67 hours played as yeah, well. Yeah. But that's also so many kills. That's yeah. so many kills. So I wish I I wish I had our historic numbers because I can't actually remember. Deep into the bowels. Um, See, this is how you, if yeah. you really wanted to beat me, this is how you would beat me. Is you would, I know. You would do a but statistical analyst. I don't have analyst. access to that. And I just, I just go with my gut. So I feel like if I went over with the first one, I got to go over with the second one. Okay. So you're going to go over on 2.6 Thousand Look, kills. I don't. I don't feel good about this one. The way I'm I going it, under. I'm going under. Uh, <laughs> of you are. Most executions in a week <laughs> by a single player. Last week was 40. Uh, over under 32 executions. Is by it, a single player. Yeah, in a week. Is somebody uh, going to go for those executions a ton, or is it just going to kind of happen? What person is going for 40 executions? Uh, for, a week? Uh, who know? Op marked. Ah, oh, fair. I don't know. I feel like. I just have a feeling I'm going to be saying over for all of these. Because I mean, again, there's just so many more Take people. It. This is all your... I'm saying over. I'm I'll, saying over. I'll go with over as well. And then final stat, most of victories uh, over the course of a week. Last week's leader was 95, which is crazy. That is that is very, very high. Like people put in time for that. That is an anomaly, to be fair. So our over under this time around is 75, and you're saying over. I mean, that's all people are going to be playing. Yeah, I, I, will take <laughs> so, you, I will take you over as well. Yeah. We will catalog to see who uh, takes away uh, most of, uh, of the wins here and if maybe I can mm -hmm. even the playing field there with Katie. But hey, final word, please go check out Coliseum, that competition. Yes, yes, yes. Both of those competitions are live for another five minutes. Exclamation point sponsor in the chat. Uh, you can just go to coliseum.co, I believe, is the website. Also, you can enter the code BOTLOBBY to enter into some of their paid contests, but they have two free ones mm -hmm. going on right now. Fortune's Keep open uh, playlist for CDLR as well as a Friday freebie. They have been amazing to work with. Um, we hope to continue to work with them in the future. Now, Katie, this is the podcast. Some maybe new people are tuning in for the first time. Maybe you found us on YouTube. Maybe you found us on Spotify. Maybe you're watching live on Twitch or otherwise. You're just chilling in mm -hmm. Twitter. But our final section of the podcast is the Shitter's Digest. Ugh. And I think it's time. We haven't done this in a, a while. There's a lot of shit today. There is, though, there is a lot. What. There's a lot, but it's also like, I, there's only so much we can talk about for it, but there's like a lot. You know what I mean? It's this weird mm -hmm. little yeah. conundrum there. But I, I, I feel like we should describe what this is, this segment, because... Look, Shitter's, yeah. Shitter's Digest, the name, it's it's iconic. Mm -hmm. The reason we call it this is because Shitter's, 
aka you, aka us, be, to be very clear, uh, people like to, to throw things up on Twitter all the time. And mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of drama that gets caused by shitters like Katie and I, and probably you if you're listening. If I have never caused drama <laughs> once in my entire life. Oh, no. And I don't appreciate that reaction of oh, no. disbelief. I can't. I can't. That killed me. Anyways, uh... <laughs> This is the digest. This is like the magazine. We get to talk through some of the drama without trying to cause any more ourselves. Just talk about it from a factual standpoint. What's true, what's not true, what's alleged and what's not alleged. And uh, there's a couple things that came up this past week. Uh, one hits very near and dear to my heart, Katie. So I'd like to take the lead on it if you don't mind. Um, take it away. There is uh, an underground, not only betting, but also rigged betting uh, system in our Warzone <laughs> community. Is anyone surprised? No. Literally I am zero. Really shocked. <laughs> but uh, Tommy and others kind of rooted out some sort of a, a, a Discord, essentially, where side bets were taking place, which is mm -hmm. something that we everyone knows about. It, what that is, if you're unfamiliar with the term, uh, two people might be wagering or four people might be wagering, where they put up money for themselves and they play in a best of three or best of five, two v two, kind of like mini tournament against themselves, and the winning team takes the pot. And then there's other people on the sideline that aren't competing, that are watching, and they want to bet on who they think is going to win. So they're placing side bets. That's where that term comes from. And, uh, which and is fine. And side bets can be a lot of things. Side bets aren't sure. just for win or loss. It, yeah. it can be by how much you win or how yeah. much you lose or the amount of kills. There can be so many things. Yeah, and if you're into the betting world, then this is nothing new to you. Like, you know what this is. Um, but the problem is uh, there is something called stream sniping. And there are a lot of people that were rigging their side bets by ruining the competition going on uh, on whatever they were watching. So I'm mm -hmm. going to use a few names for an example, not the people that are stream signing, but people that are playing. Uh, let's say it's Brolic and Exact, which were kind of main mm -hmm. players in these conversations of people that get stream sniped a lot in wagers um, versus, let's just say, Tommy and Almond. And you're going into a side bet and you're saying, I've got, uh, let's say, $50 on the fact that, let's just use Tommy and Almond winning this, this side bet. Brolic and Exact might go up, and then you're hitting up your buddy or you're just using your other account in PC to log in and try to stream snipe into the lobby, get in the same game as the wager going on, and then mm -hmm. kill Brolic and Exact to make sure Tommy and Almond win. Tommy and Almond didn't tell you to do that. You're making money on the side right. because you're putting it up. Well, the problem was, not only is that a problem, stream sniping in general, but also mm -hmm. there were people in the community that play in tournaments, yeah. that play in wagers that were doing this to make a couple extra bucks and and not like a dollar katie we're talking like 10 g's out of like rigged yeah. side bets no it's a massive problem it is uh possibly the most obvious problem of all time uh, match fixing is a massive problem in the broader esports and gaming arena already. And it has been for many years. Counter-Strike is a great example of that. Uh, even S&D wagers have had this as an issue. People, uh, when John does his S&D 8, people will constantly have side bets on everything yeah. under the sun so when you see public matches like this it was it was not a if it was an absolute when and it was probably it's probably been going on for far longer than this and it's something that people don't like to talk about because they don't want to think that people they know would do that and they don't <laughs> want to think people would do that in general but it's easy cash 
and yeah. it's usually entirely anonymous. So you don't have to feel guilty about it. Or if you do, it's really easy to just tuck that away in the back of your mind and not think about it. This, when I saw the, uh, when those kind of revelations start coming out, it was just sort of, it, it was just depressing. Cause it was like, of yeah. course, yeah. of course this was going to be a thing. And I, it's, it comes at a equally inopportune time because I think the Call of Duty community in general is already rife with distrust and yeah. um, suspicion. And you add this on top of it and it's it's just pain. I think that the found yeah, the pain pain and the, the foundation of trust and reliability has been shattered. Yeah. Final note for me on this. And uh, allegedly, I will use this word uh, out loud. Allegedly, two of the people, two of the main people, if not the only people um, that were kind of leading this charge uh, were uh, folks by the name. I'm going to use their name because I, I hate this for a number of reasons, even personal reasons. Uh, Naftix and Meeks, uh, who are, if you don't know who they are, um, they are kind of like wager players and tournament players. Um, We've cast them. I, well, this is the worst part, Katie. I have vouched for Naftix in a tournament to get him into <sighs> a sizable tournament. And so this That's is tough. like, yeah, and, and this is like, again, it, until, innocent until proven guilty to some degree. Those names have come up multiple times right. and are very obviously a part of this. And if they can prove otherwise, fantastic. And I will make a public statement from my side on the podcast about it. But but mm -hmm. Naftix in general, man, I have vouched for this kid to get in tournaments. And then he's doing this scummy stuff. It's like, that puts my integrity on the line. Like, I trusted him enough. Oh, and we've we had a number of DMs together about, like, talking about Warzone. And, and like, it, it blew my mind and also made me want to, you know, people, I, I swear every content creator has tweeted out, like, oh, keep your circle tight. The snakes are out there. But, like, literally, that's how I <laughs> felt. they I, are. Like, I wanted to tweet it. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to be that ironic. Instead, I tweeted along the lines of, like, I'm not going to be vouching for a lot of people anymore. Like, I can't trust anybody. Well, you can't. It breaks. That's what I yeah. said. The foundation of trust has been shattered, and it inherently makes us suspicious and um, not, not aggressive, but we are so much more hyper aware of everyone now, and you can't take what is given to you at face value. Yeah. You have to look at it as, am I being used? Is this person trustworthy? Uh, what happens if I vouch for them? If I... So much of, of esports is paying it forward. Um, yeah. People going out on a limb to vouch for you. And then you pay that forward by doing that for future generations of people to get them into a place to succeed. This destroys the ability for people or the desire for people to want to pay it forward anymore. I, yeah. it, it, as you said, it, how can Goj, how can you now trust an up and comer who is friendly to you and you want to put them on? Maybe there's an extra spot in a tournament, but now you're always going to sit there and say, I've been burned before. And here's the thing, guys, it's not just about your own personal feelings on the topic. It's the fact that it directly negatively impacts you in the eyes of the people you vouched to, because yeah, they will yeah, turn yeah. around and say, they'll turn around and say, you sent me this? Like, why would I trust you anymore? And it, it just causes so many problems. Yeah, no, and, and like, there is such a kind of ladder climbing mentality in general and, and kind of in business in oh, general, yeah. but in gaming in general as well. But it's it's even amplified in gaming because everybody's mm -hmm. trying to make a buck and and money certainly influences a lot of decisions in, in general life. Um, but it's super frustrating. And like you said, I think you said it perfectly. Like uh, it is this kind of pay it forward mentality a lot of the times where like, for instance, like I have been helped in in numerous ways, like 
propped up, uh, really set up for success, advice given by people like yourself, Katie, who have a lot more experience than nah, I do from the I casting side. I wouldn't rep you, bro. I don't know about all that. <laughs> okay, fair. But <laughs> and, and like, I'll use some other names. Like, I Hold Shift has really put me on in a lot of ways early, early in my career, gave me a ton of advice. And and so when people like other like up-and-comer casters, like not that I'm some big wig, but like some up-and-comer casters that haven't done really hardly any gigs or not a lot of gigs, even specifically in Warzone, ask like, hey, what does this look like? Is there things I can prove? Like, I always try to answer those because if people didn't answer those for me, I wouldn't be here today, right? Um, right. But then from the player side, it's like having stuff like this. It's just, oh, it hurts so, so bad. So um, anyways, we kind of beat that that horse pretty hard. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll move to the next topic. But that was a frustrating one for me uh, this week. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's understandable, too, because uh, it hits very close to home, as you explained. Um, so our next bit and... Uh, I know. I know. We don't even uh, want to bring it up. <laughs> you know what really grinds my gears, Goge? Uh, what what is that, Katie? All this relevant grasping, egotistical, okay, okay. <laughs> desperate for impressions shit around Nadia. Like, yeah. I'm so tired of it. And it looks like there's no end in sight. Enter Doug stage yeah, left. On. Let me pause you and then I'm going <sighs> to let you continue because let's be very clear. We have talked about Nadia the last three podcasts or four podcasts in a row. And nearly every single time besides the first time we said this will be the last time we talk about Nadia being a cheater or not being a cheater. And then we continually have to come back to it because it's something that it's is not even Nadia yo, at this point. She's, it's she is only trending. She's always trending. She is inevitable. It, it's the most chaotic thing anyway. Okay, go ahead. Nadia I'm, is inevitable. <laughs> Nadia is Thanos. Uh, <laughs> uh, I wish she could snap all these people out of their bullshit, but hey, I don't know. I don't think she has that power, unfortunately. But all right. So, uh, <clears throat> Doug Sensor Martin yeah. <laughs> has decided for, uh, I would say it's an unknown reason, but it's, I, I don't think it's an unknown reason because if you sit and think about it for more than 30 seconds, it becomes pretty obvious. But for some reason, Doug Sensor Martin has decided to enter the ring, uh, as a uh, detective extraordinaire. Uh, on all things Nadia and uh, I, I, S and D at this point, Warzone, who fucking knows? But <laughs> let's be clear about what this is. Not, we just said it. Nadia is constantly trending from anywhere from 14,000 to 20,000 plus tweets. She is constantly here. She had like 10,000 viewers at COD Next. She is constantly hovering at like 4,000 plus viewers. Now, she has taken what is a objectively shitty situation for her and turned it into something amazing. And she's doing the best she can with it. And Incredible. That's, that's super Bl awesome. Blowing it away right But uh, sorry, do you want to no, go? No, <laughs> you got to keep going because I have so many thoughts. It's fine. And there's blood in the water, people. All yeah. right, the scavengers are out because they see this. They see all of these impressions. They see this blow up and they say, I want to grab, I want to grab onto this rocket too and be taken to the moon. But this is not Dogecoin, people. There is no to the moon here. And Sensor said, you know what? You know what I'm really good at? Revealing that people are cheating, uh, sure. which I don't think he's ever done before. Don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but now this has whipped itself up into this whole thing. There's been screenshots of DMs and, and everyone, Jake Lucky's getting involved in ninjas tweeting about it. And let's be clear, uh -huh. this September, there have been no discounts on gifted subs until the last five or so days of September. Right. And so you're telling me 
that someone is going to randomly decide to be the new detective in town right as gifted subs are discounted right at the end of September. They go on (laughs) Twitch. They proceed to show absolutely nothing of consequence and get a 700 sub trade. Do not tell me that this is not just about making money. Do not tell me you actually care because I'm sorry you don't. And it's very obvious that you don't and ramp. Oh, great rant, Katie. Honestly, I was I was pretty impressed with that one. That was a, that was a solid one. I I will I will say two things. Trying to get it out. Yeah, or <sighs> two to three things. One, uh, not only Ninja Doctor Disrespect made a statement about it today. Doctor Disrespect is talking on his stream about Nadia. I I mean, well done. Like that's all I can say. It's it's insane at this point. But uh, you know, one of the things he said was that like, hey, if if Doug's saying she's cheating, which he never said technically, but. Uh, if Doug say he's cheating, I believe him or something. Because somebody asked Doctor Disrespect, "What do you think about Nadia?" Like, like every every streamer, people in Apex, there's Apex streamers, Lulu Lovely streaming, and people are going, oh, "What do you think about Nadia? Do you think she's cheating?" And she's like, "I don't know." Like, people come in and be like, "What do you game. think about Nadia?" I'm like, "What? What do you mean? What do I think about Nadia? Like, what?" But, <sighs> but at the same time, uh, basically the the background context on this is that Doug apparently is working with some like hacker mans or something that has gotten into like the database of engine owning or some garbage and was able to like basically run a like program that spits out names, Activision IDs that have been used on these sites is, is the idea and uh, was using but it. You can't prove who used the Activision well, ID on the site? Well, he was using it to prove that the top people in Vanguard ranked were cheating. And then mm-hmm. he used Nadia's name to get people to the stream so far. And then he's saying, uh, why not? He's saying that this person that is creating this will also be able to do this for Warzone soon, but they don't have it yet. So, so that's where it's like weird, where it's like, oh, we're using Nadia's name because this person named T apparently is cheating mm-hmm. in in COD or something. And Nadia kind of came to her defense slightly that because he was like, oh, I'm I'm gonna get uh, kind of like framed by Doug soon. He said something about it. Uh, if you could do anything about it, I, I would love that. And so she sent a message over to him. That that's why she's involved in the situation. Um, she, there's nothing that has come out that Doug has been able to drum up that Nadia was cheating. Let's be very clear about that. Um, should he be able to? Hey, you know, we'll we'll come back on it. But it certainly but this is not an altruistic mission. Yeah, yeah. It that certainly he is was on, a... and we should not pretend like it's coming from a purely good yeah, yeah. <laughs> good-hearted space right and i think you mentioned uh tim talked about it. i think doc talked about it. everyone yeah. was talking about it ninja's tweet and this is exactly how i feel about it because i've now seen people putting out lists of s and d players that doug needs to look at and it got me riled up because john tubox's name was on there yeah. and i was i i responded i was like this is ridiculous <laughs> It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, throw Crowder's name were, on that list yeah, too. Yeah. Throw Crowder's name on it. And the response was, well, if he's done nothing wrong, he shouldn't, he shouldn't, I don't think he's cheating, but he shouldn't be offended about this. I'm like, no, no, no. You don't understand the damage that you were doing. And it leads into this tweet from Ninja. And 
I think it is very poignant. He says, I've been around gaming a long time. My two cents on any cheating drama with video games without concrete hard proof evidence, i.e. you literally see hacks on the PC or the devs take action. Accusations do nothing but hurt people and cause divide in the community. And we are watching that play out in real time here. And it's, again, it all goes back, goes to my biggest concern in this. Look, if you want to be a clout goblin, I literally don't care. Go live your life. You're making money off of it, whatever. But- we have seen Nadia get swatted. We have seen a lot of people get swatted. You are yeah, whipping yeah. up mobs of parasocial viewers who are out for blood. And I am deeply concerned for someone taking it a step too far at TwitchCon, at an event, at a land, whatever yeah. it may be. I'm very concerned that all of this shit is going to get someone hurt. Yeah. I, I uh, as, as like kind of tongue in cheek and, and funny as this can be, I, I totally agree. It is a really, really big point. And, and not only like, you know, aside from even like dangerous things like that, there's other dangerous things of like mental uh, health. I mean, my goodness, yes. I go into her Twitch streams, like I'll ch- constantly be checking. I think as most people do, aka her numbers skyrocketing recently, right? Like she hit 14,000 subs on Twitch recently, by the way. I mean, good um, for her. Yeah, yeah it, it, TikTok streams, like her comment section, the TikTok streams, like nonstop trash cans. It's just that's all it is for hours out to thousands of people, hours <laughs> of only trash cans. And it's like, you can only take so much kind of like, uh, you know, yeah. chatter abuse until you can kind of either tone them out completely or uh, or it ends up hurting mental health wise. And so uh, and she has already been swatted once. Right. So it, that this is yeah. not like an extreme case. It's like, oh, no, this has happened. And and luckily yeah. there was a, it wasn't didn't didn't turn into something that was super dangerous. So um, I just be careful. Be careful what you are using to gain an advantage. And that is applicable to whatever you want in life. But sure. Just. Look at a moment like this and understand that if you are choosing to engage with this in a way that continues to stoke the flames, there could be very real consequences to that for other people. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people are because it's not fun. No one wants to talk about the, the, you know, darker parts of these things. But I just would really hope people would be considerate of what could go wrong. Yeah, no, totally agree. It's a great point and a great place to end as well. This has been Shitter's Digest. This has been Crowder. It's been a blast. We recently just hit 300 subs on yes. YouTube. So thank you guys so much for the support. It's been like a little bit of a you. slow grind, but a good one. We've, we've really had a ton of fun laying the foundation for what's to come with Warzone 2 and this podcast. So thanks for supporting the Bot Lobby Podcast. Wherever you find us, wherever you like us, wherever you follow, subscribe, or otherwise, all of that helps. So continue to check out all of our content coming down the line as we will continue spitting those out. I'm Goj. This is Katie. Any final words, Katie, things you're working on, anything you want to tell the public before we sign this thing off? Um, I can tell them something for both of us. We will both be at TwitchCon. We'll be talking about COD. We'll be having a yeah, lot of go. fun in the booth together. I'm very excited. So uh, obviously, if anyone we know, any of the folks who enjoy the Bot Lobby are there, uh, hopefully come find us. We would love to say hi. But that's really it on the horizon is TwitchCon right around the corner. And then I'm going to Halloween Fright Nights Universal. Very, sure. very excited. Hopefully get terrified out of my jorts you know sure respect respect I don't the jorts. Jorts, but you if should. i did i definitely out should uh yeah same thing i'll, I'll leave it at that <laughs> come see us at twitchcon uh i should be able to make an official announcement we should be able to make an official announcement mm-hmm. on twitter about where we'll be at twitchcon uh we are specifically working something which is sick uh but also just kind of lingering around hitting the mixers and all that jazz so if you see us let us know that you're there let us know that uh, you're coming if you if you don't see us um we we hope to share some dms about stories or otherwise so thanks hey that's that's it 
that's all we've got. Bot Lobby Podcast. It's been a blast. We thank Crowder for everything that he was uh, giving us on the podcast. And we'll see you guys in the next episode.